Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Ramsey, and I am here to bring you everything you need to know about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, Kentucky will be taking on Alabama um, tonight at 9 o'clock on ESPN in what is a game for first place in the Southeastern Conference. Um, Looking back just a couple weeks ago in 2020, I don't think that um, any Kentucky fan necessarily would have predicted that we would be in this situation um, on January 12th, but here we are, and the, the last few games have led up to this, and we've we've earned the right to play in a major national marquee game with a lot on the line this evening. Um, there's been incremental progress in each of the of the last three games in the SEC. Obviously, taking care of business and getting that first one against Mississippi State was huge. Um, the double over t- overtime thriller, the Dante Allen game, um, that gave us some confidence that, yes, in fact, we can still win basketball games. Um, came out then at home against Vanderbilt and certainly played better. Uh, finally got to, into the 70s, scored 77 points in regulation. Um, that game was far from perfect. You know, it, it took a late, um, under a minute to go, Davion Mintz three to, to secure the win there. But still, there was the, the, certainly in the offensive end, there was a lot of progress. And then we went down to the swamp and and, and kind of just beat Florida's tail um, on on Saturday. And especially without without Keontae Johnson, I don't think that Florida is um, the best team in the league by any means. But they are a top half SEC team still. And to go down to their place and beat them the way that we did was very impressive. And it was it was quite simply the best game that Kentucky had played all season. That that was great to see. Um, so tonight. Like I said, we've earned the right to to have this game where the the Cats are three and zero in the in the SEC right now. Alabama is currently four and zero, which they have some impressive conference wins also already. They've they've won at Tennessee, they beat Florida, they won at Auburn um, on Saturday in a ninety four ninety kind of a crazy tempo game. We'll we'll get a look at Auburn on Saturday uh, once we take care of business tonight. Um, but Alabama's also beat. Ole Miss in the league. Uh, they started out their season, had an easy win over Jacksonville State, but then went to the Maui Invitational, uh, which unfortunately for those guys was not in Maui this year. Instead, it was in the beautiful um, metropolis of Asheville, North Carolina. And they lost their first game of the Maui Invitational to Stanford, 82-64, to before rebounding and beating Providence and UNLV. Uh, to finish off their stay out in Nashville. Um, they've also lost to Clemson, and then their third and final loss was uh, by two points to Western Kentucky. Um, that was a home loss for for the Crimson Tide, but uh, we all know that obviously Western Kentucky is pretty good this year. Um, but Alabama seems to be hitting their stride here in SEC play. Like I said, they're coming off a 94-point performance against Auburn. Those are two teams that both like to play really fast, so that's a little bit of an elevated number um, just with the way Kentucky plays defense and playing at a slightly more methodical pace. Uh, I don't. I certainly hope we don't see the game creep into the 90s tonight because I don't think that'll be good news for Kentucky. Uh, but overall, what, what Alabama is wanting to do is that they are going to play fast. There's going to be a lot of possessions tonight, and they're going to shoot a bunch of threes. Um, they're shooting about 30 threes per game right now. They're not hitting them at a, at a great clip. They're, they're only um, making 32.2% of their threes. 
Um, I know Kentucky fans probably would not stand for that because we have guys that, that barely take a couple threes a game, and uh, people usually don't like if we're shooting under 40%, it seems like. But, you know, it's just part of what Alabama does. They're going to they're gonna jack them up. Some of them are going to be crazy. And they're, and they're going to make some crazy ones where you think, like, oh, gosh, that was a bad shot. Or, you know, the, how did he make that? Well, it's because they take a lot of them, and that's what they do. Um, they're still, despite only shooting 32.2% from deep, they're 35th in the country in made threes per game. They're making almost nine and a half threes per game. And we definitely need to hold them under that average tonight. Um, I talk a lot in these scouting reports about you know, taking away good shooters' attempts, that it's not about how many they make. The goal should be that you should be closing out to them in a way where they can't even get the threes off. And that's what's going to be important against Alabama because they just they shoot such a high volume that you know, the math just ends up working out that they're going to – they're going to make eight, nine, ten threes in a game. And even with the addition of Dante Allen, we're still not there yet in terms of being able to rack up threes. And it's just hard to win college basketball games when one team makes you know, five or six more threes than the other. And that's that's where you start to get danger zone with Alabama. If they're making double-digit threes, especially against Kentucky, I just don't know where our points are going to come from to be able to match that. So – the common theme, and we'll talk more about this when we go over their personnel, but common theme tonight, and this is going to transition well to Saturday also, is going to be staying out on shooters, not overhelping when they drive it, and making sure that we take away threes um, fr- from their shooters because pretty much everybody on their team is a shooter. Every single player they play in the rotation has the green light and is shooting at least one three-pointer per game. Um, so it's going to be a team effort tonight to stay disciplined, um, guard your man and and make sure we're taking away their threes offensively along with tempo and, and getting up and down the court as fast as possible um, when you see my scouting report go up on Kentucky Sports Radio or when I throw out some clips on my Twitter account you're going to see possessions where you know they're taking shots within five seconds of the shot clock you know there's 24 25 seconds on the shot clock and they're taking a three or they advance the ball down in the court so quick by throwing it ahead or getting it out and throwing it ahead, even off of a make, um, they're into the scoring area literally within two seconds. Um, and they're down there running offense or, you know, trying to play offense at 28, 27 seconds on the shot clock, which is, you know, a complete contrast to just a couple of weeks ago where Kentucky wasn't getting into the scoring area until sometimes 10 or fewer seconds on the shot clock. So they're going to get down the court in a hurry and they're going to start trying to score right away. And, you know, the, the first shot they can take is the one they're going to take. They're not necessarily always working for the best shot. They're working for the first one. Um, so you have to be ready to guard them right away when the ball gets down the court. Um, it's going to be a five-out motion offense most of the time um, when they are in the half court. And it's there's very little screening action within their motion. It's really just all about spacing. They're going to have five guys around the perimeter. Sometimes Jordan Bruner or one of their big guys will slide around um, kind of the short corner, even down to the block, um, mostly just looking for a dump off pass as they dribble drive it. Um, but it's definitely more of a dribble drive motion. They're looking to attack closeouts um, and 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 then kick it out to to shooters when you're in scramble mode or when you're trying to help. And that's why a lot of what I'm going to talk about, and I'm writing about this on KSR also, is that this is a one-on-one defensive game. You. It, 
It's a little counterintuitive. It's not traditional man-to-man defense by any means. But in my opinion, Kentucky needs to try to not help on drivers tonight. And again, it, it seems weird when you almost like let a guy go shoot a layup. And I'm sure that the, that's going to happen a couple of times. People are probably going to be getting mad about it on Twitter or whatever. And I'm going to be sitting there clapping saying, thank goodness we didn't let him shoot a three. And I'm going to be fine if we get smoked off the dribble a couple of times each half and give up a layup. If I see our other defenders staying out on the shooters, not helping in from the corner, not helping in off of somebody like Jaden Shackelford or John Petty Jr. When they're on the wings, we need to, you know, if, if you get beat one-on-one, then tell your teammates, my bad. Go slap him on the butt and say, hey, you got him next time, as opposed to going to help to try to cut off some layup where then they're going to kick it out and shoot a three. So that this is a no-help game, which means that our our ability to guard one-on-one on the ball is going to be make or break for for the amount of success that, we, that we're able to have tonight. If we're routinely getting beat off the dribble and they're getting too many easy looks at the rim, then it's going to be a problem. But if we can limit those breakdowns, try to make them score with us between them and the basket, and then by doing so, take away some of the three-point attempts, I think it's a really good recipe for Kentucky to get a a, a big-time win tonight over over a really good team. Um, taking a look at their personnel, one thing to note, and I'll continue to keep my ear to the ground on this in case any news comes throughout the day, um, but their point guard, Javon Quinterly, a um, a transfer from Villanova, he has missed the last two games, did not make the trip to Auburn due to a undisclosed medical condition. Now, I have no way, there's no reason to speculate what that means. I don't know if it's corona. I don't know if it's something else um, potentially more serious. Um, but there has not been word that I have seen or heard yet as to his status for tonight's game. Uh, but he's a super quick guard if he is in there. Um, not as much of a three-point threat as some other guys, but you still have to take him away from three. He's just more wired to try to get to the basket and score it at the rim. Um, definitely trying to take away right-hand drives from him. No layups for him, uh, but we're still closing out um, in a way that will allow us to hopefully take away, but at the very least give a super hard contest to his three-point attempts. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll keep everyone up to date on Twitter at KSR. As to the status of Javon Quinterly as we lead up to game time. Um, but in his absence, we're going to be looking at number five, Jaden Shackelford, um, primarily running the point for them. He's 6'3, 200 pound sophomore guard. Um, I say running the point, but everybody on their team, uh, outside of generally Jordan Bruner, everyone on their team will bring it up the court. Um, it's Like I said, it's a five out motion offense, so everybody's pretty much interchangeable. So they, they, they don't have a guy. Um, especially when Quinterly isn't playing, that is their de facto point guard. But Shackelford does handle the ball a lot. He's left-handed, super, super aggressive, will attack and transition. He's definitely a shooter. Got to take away threes from him. He's averaging 13.1 points. He is their leading scorer, 24 for 69 from three, which is just about 35%. Um, so we, we have to be in his chest. We got to be tight at all times, making sure we're taking away his three-point attempts. Now, this is a perfect example. If John Petty is driving the ball to the basket and you're one pass away, Garden, um, Garden Shackelford, you you are not helping on onto John Petty. If he smokes whoever's guarding him and goes to lay and lays it in, that's on your teammates' fault. That's not on you for not helping. 
We would rather stay tight to Shackelford. Um, that way you don't have to close out as much because he is really good with the ball. I mean, you'll, you'll see some clips of it online where you know, people close out to him hard because he's such a good shooter, but then he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands also that then he can just drive by you and lay it in. And if we can cut out those closeouts by already being in his chest, then we're going to give ourselves a lot better opportunity to guard the dribble drive because you're already there and not running towards him. Um, also in the backcourt, they have number 23, John Petty Jr. Uh, Petty is a 6'5", 184-pound senior guard. I know it does seem like he has been at Alabama forever, um, but he is averaging 12.4 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2.4 assists so far this year. His shooting splits are, are, aren't as gaudy as they were last season. Um, he's a guy that I picked to be first-team All-SEC this season, and he very well might still get there, especially if Alabama uh, continues to be at the top of the league. Um, but he, he just hasn't shot the ball quite as well um, this year. He's just 33% uh, from three so far, 22 for 66, 44% from the field overall. Um, he's long. He's athletic. Similar to Shackelford, he's a guy that can that can hurt you both ways, both by shooting it from, from deep, shooting it from three-point range, or attacking your closeout. So once again, we're not helping off of John Petty Jr. If somebody else drives the ball, lays it in, then, hey, we're going to come back, fight, try to do a better job on the ball on the next possession. But we can't allow um, to get ourselves in these scramble situations where you're giving up threes to guys like Petty or letting him attack closeouts. So just like I said with Shackelford, if we're, if we're tight to John Petty at all times and you're right there in his chest and you're tightening it up to him as the ball is driven, as opposed to moving towards the ball, then you're going to cut down on those closeout opportunities and, and make him score the ball that's between him and the basket. Next up, we have number 11, Joshua Primo. Uh, he's a 6'6", 190-pound freshman guard. This guy was a five-star recruit, I believe top 20 in the country, coming out of high school, a huge get for Coach Nate Oates and the Crimson Tide, but he is absolutely a shooter as well. Um, Got to take away th threes from him. Need to be tight on him at all times, just like I'm talking about with these other guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but 46 of 79 shots have been threes for him, and that's what he's looking to do. He's going to squeeze him off when he's open. He's a little bit more of a catch-and-shoot guy, whereas Shackelford and Petty both can you – know, they'll shoot it behind the ball screen if you happen to go on, under. Um, they're going to shoot it from deep just off the dribble. Primo, at least right now, is more of a, of a catch-and-shoot guy, um, averaging 7.7 .7 points per game. Um, but I would expect him to start in the absence of Quinterly um, if he's unable to go tonight. Like I said, we just got to make sure we're staying tight, taking with the threes. We're not helping off of Primo. Then we have number one, Herbert Jones, 6'8", 210-pound senior forward. Um, I would call him more of just a wing because he's actually handled the ball a lot this year. Also, they'll come up and set high ball screens for him. He's left-handed as well, so we got to make sure we're taking away the left-hand drives. Herbert Jones is the one guy on their team that you know, I, I would say we just need to back up and we need to guard against the drive. So everybody else, we're staying in their jersey. We're out there as much as possible in their chest trying to take away their three-point attempts. Now, Jones, he's 8 for 16 on the year. A, he, you know, he has the green light. B, <clears throat> he's making them at a good percentage. You know, that's almost a three a game for him. Um, but it's not what he does best. He's not really hunting those. So, if, you know, if because we're sagging off of him, if he hits a couple early, well, hey, those are on the those are on the coaching staff. We'll kind of redo our game plan on the fly, and maybe we'll start guarding him differently. But until he hurts us 
from the perimeter. We really got to back up, give him a couple steps, and be ready to guard against that left-hand drive because that's what he wants to do. Perfect example, again, you know, he's going to drive it a lot. He's going to try to get into the paint. We cannot help when he's driving the ball. This needs to, especially since we're playing off of him a little bit, we shouldn't be getting smoked off the dribble. We shouldn't require much of any help. And, you know, any of your help just needs to be stunts. So, like, you know, you'll jab step at him, you'll fake at him, but then you're you're never really leaving your man and you're right there so you don't have to close out to their shooters when he kicks it. Uh, Jones is an excellent offensive rebounder also. That, that has to be talked about. Uh, two and a half offensive rebounds a game. And, and that goes for their whole team. I mean, John Petty Jr., he's a great offensive rebounder as well. These guys will fly in there from the perimeter to go rebound the ball. You know, a lot of times they have four or five guys outside of the three-point arc when the shot goes up, uh, but you can't get lulled to sleep that you can just go rebound the ball. And I think they're 23rd in the country in offensive rebounding because of the way they fly in there and teams kind of get lulled to sleep because everybody's so far from the basket, uh, but then they go flying in there and use their length and athleticism to get second chances. And also when you're shooting threes, that means longer rebounds. So, you know, there's a lot of loose balls. There's a lot of rebounding going on out towards the free throw line as opposed to around the rim. So we need to make first contact no matter how far away your guy is from the rim. You need to go make contact with him, box him out of the three-point line, and then go get the ball. Lastly, in the starting lineup, you have Jordan Bruner. He's a 6'10", 225-pound grad transfer from Yale. Um, He's averaging 7.8 points, 5.6 rebounds per game, also a block and a half per game. This was a huge get for Nate, Nate Oates in the in the offseason. Um, you know, Alabama still plays small. They play with a lot of um, space and pace. They shoot a bunch of threes, but they um, now have a legitimate inside presence, a guy that can protect the rim. Um, Bruner's still shooting half of his shots from beyond the arc, and he's hitting them um, at a 32.3% clip. He's 10 for 31. So it's, it's not necessarily what he does best or um, what he's going to do all the time. But like I said, half of his shots have came from beyond the arc. He'll shoot him from the trail spot as soon as they get down the court. So you have to be there to take away his catch and shoot threes um, and then be ready for him to drive it right. Um, when he catches it around the basket, he'll look to score with his right hand over his left shoulder some. Um, he'll face up, shoot the, shoot the little jump shot if he catches it off the block. He's probably going to try to drive it at you. Another guy that's um, averaging almost two and a half offensive rebounds a game. So you need to be physical with him and get him boxed out. And then everybody that bring in off the bench, again, they're they're shooters. They're going to play nine or ten guys, and, and all of them are going to look to make it rain from three. So, like I said, it's it, it's about one-on-one defense. We can't get caught in help or scramble situations. Got to do a good job guarding in transition, getting all the way back, um, getting ready to – get matched up and and not let them squeeze off some um, some early possession threes because, like, like I said, as soon as they're in the scoring area, they're going to start looking to jack them up, and um, you have to be ready to guard right away. Defensively, Alabama does force um, nearly 16 turnovers a game. That's mostly just a function of their length and athleticism. They're not going to do anything funky defensively necessarily. It's primarily a man-to-man team. But they, they're just active on the perimeter, and they use their length to get their hands um, on some passes, uh, tip the ball around a little bit, get some deflections, and then go try to get some easy buckets. But, you know, we, we're just going to have to do a really good job of taking care of the ball, pass faking, playing off of two feet, 
negate some of that length because you know they're, they're going to score enough as is. We can't allow them to be getting a lot of points um, off of turnovers because that'll be um, that's just going to be bad news uh, for the for the scoreboard. So looking at it from Kentucky's perspective tonight, like I've said, certainly taking away threes. Um, I wrote in the keys to the game that'll come up here shortly that Alabama averages 33s per game attempted. I want that number to be under 25 tonight. Granted, I know there's only so much you can do about that. Obviously, if a team wants to shoot a three, they can shoot a three anytime they want. But point is, is to be tight enough on them to not help when the ball is driven, stay on your man, tighten up to them, and be there on the catch so that you can take away those attempts. Um, I think if they're closer to 25 attempts, then that's going to be good news because that's going to mean they're going to make less. Um, you, can't, you can't make them if you don't shoot them. And our, our goal tonight needs to be to take away those three-point attempts. Like I just talked about, need to play without turning the ball over. Uh, they, do a, they do a good job of getting deflections and getting out and running in transition. So we need to uh, make sure to cut down on um, their points off turnovers. Also, a, a, a major um, point of emphasis for Alabama is offensive rebounding. Like I said, they fly in from the perimeter. There's a lot of long rebounds also, which can be tough to get. And you know, there's a reason why they're 23rd in the country in offensive rebounding, getting 13 and a half per game. We need to try to keep that to 10 or fewer. Uh, can't let them get second chances when we're lucky enough to get them to miss. Then we need to rebound it and end the possession. And then last but not least, this is a game where Kentucky needs to try to score probably 80 points. Um, that comes from being okay with playing fast, getting up and down the court, looking for opportunity to just score on a fast break or in transition. Um, that also comes from shooting the ball with confidence. Uh, things have been a lot better with Dante Allen in the in the lineup, and he's obviously making threes at a good clip, but he's still, I mean, he, he had one just incredible turn down on Saturday, probably a couple others that he can sque- that he could have squeezed off. Same thing with Devin Askew. Those two guys need to stop turning down threes, if, especially Dante Allen, but to some extent, Devin Askew, certainly Davion Mintz. Those are guys that if they can if they can get it off, they should be shooting it. And they need to do that tonight because we need to we're gonna need to put points on the board because that's what Alabama's gonna do. So you know, the last two games have been much better. 77 points against Vanderbilt in regulation, 76 points on Saturday against Florida. Uh, you know, scoring 76, 77 tonight, it's gonna get close. Um, I would really like to see that number get to 80. And like I said, that's going to come from playing playing with confidence on the offensive end. So it's, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, and I put this on Twitter earlier today. It'll be interesting to see. And I think we'll be able to figure this out probably within the first four minutes of the game before that first TV timeout as to kind of what, what was Coach Calipari talking about going into this game? Is he saying, hey, we're athletic, we're talented also, so we want to run with you guys? And are we going to see a game – it's going to maybe look more like that Alabama-Auburn game on Saturday where we're playing in the 80s or 90s with each other. Or are we going to try to control the tempo and, and make them play sort of into our hand where it'll be more of a half-court game? We're going to slow things down and control the tempo. I, I don't know what we're going to do. And I don't even know necessarily what I think would be best for us because I, I do think we have guys that can um, be really effective in, in transition. So I'm not saying that I don't want to run – with them by any means. Uh, but we'll find all that out at 9 o'clock tonight when the ball gets tipped. Um, the game is on ESPN. And like I said, this is a huge game, playing for first place in the SEC. 
Um, South Carolina's 1-0, so they're technically undefeated as well. They're just having some problems getting going because of coronavirus issues. But um, this game against Alabama tonight, like I said, Alabama's 4-0. Kentucky's 3-0. It's a chance to get a marquee win right away, something that'll matter for the tournament resume. Um, it's we're, we're starting to earn the right to think about a tournament resume again, and these are the type of games that you need to win, especially at home. Um, Kentucky needs to win tonight, not just uh, to keep the momentum going, but because it'll be important, or ho- hopefully it'll be important later in the year because we do rack up enough wins where the NCAA tournament is something that we can think about. So there you have it, uh, breaking down the Crimson Tide. Hope everybody learned a little something and is is as excited as I am for tonight's game. Um, as always, my full scouting report with video clips, things like that, will be up on KentuckySportsRadio.com. I'll be tweeting up that link here shortly. Um, also, you can follow me on Twitter at BRamseyKSR. And also, um, for Saturday's game against Auburn, um, the plan is to have my co-host Kyle Smith back on the airwaves with me. So this will be the last podcast where you're only having to listen to me talk. Uh, we will have Kyle back this week um, so that he can start breaking down games alongside of me again as well. So uh, make sure to go ahead and follow him again on Twitter at Go Cats Breakdown. Um, again, it's at Go Cats Breakdown for co-host Kyle Smith, who will be rejoining us. Um, to break down Auburn uh, for Saturday's game. So please give us a download um, on Apple Podcasts. You can download the podcast there, um, share it with your friends, leave a review if you do feel so inclined, and uh, give us a follow on Twitter and enjoy watching the Cats play in a really, really big game tonight. Um, So we will be back with an Auburn breakdown later this week. And until then, go Cats!